Welcome to February 6, 2022 service with the First Love Ministry at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. On Our Knees is Rev. Jonathan Warren's sermon for this Sunday. Our special music is a piano duet titled Winter Peace performed by a father-daughter duet Ruth and Tim Chipman. Our scripture reading comes to us from Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And our gospel reading is taken from Luke 5, 1 through 11. Pray all is well in your family, and that you have a peaceful and joyful upcoming week. God bless from First Love Ministries. The scripture reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Let us listen to the word of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel reading comes to us from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Let us listen to the word of God today. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for catch, for catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. These men were good at what they did. Their profession was understanding the waters, knowing where to cast their nets, what time to catch the fish. They were good at what they did because their livelihoods depended on it. However, it was also defeating at times because today they'd been at it all night long with nothing to show for it. They were exhausted, frustrated, disappointed, and ready to call it a day. How many of us here feel this way sometimes? Every once in a while. How many people here feel this way day in and day out? According to studies of American workers, a majority, around 70%, are dissatisfied with the amount of stress they experience in the workplace. Economic uncertainty, job insecurity, inadequate wages, prime sources of stress among workers and families, and then factor in a pandemic. No wonder they're calling it the Great Resignation. So we know a bit how frustrating it is to work and work and work and not having anything to show for it, just like these fishermen. So when Jesus shows up and tells Simon Peter to throw his nets in the deep water, Simon, who knew Jesus, didn't know a thing about fishing, was a bit hesitant. But at this point, he has nothing to lose. I wonder if Jesus surprised them. They'd been watching Jesus for several days now, following him around, watching him do some amazing things. Just a few verses before, in chapter 4, Jesus heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. We also read Jesus healed others, rebuked demons. So 
this is fresh after seeing these miracles that Jesus just did and after hearing what he just said in that boat that morning. And Simon obeys Jesus. He drops the fishing nets. And holy cow, did they catch a lot of fish. So much so that they needed two boats to haul it in. It was more fish than they'd ever caught in their lives. Makes me think of uh, Forrest Gump when Forrest buys that shrimp boat. But day after day, he catches nothing again and again and again. Then, after they face a horrendous storm head on, they become the only ship boat left. And so, unsurprisingly, because they're the only ship, they unload net after net after net full of shrimp. It changes their lives. So it's in this moment that Jesus didn't have to say or do anything else because he's convinced them that they're in the midst of God's presence. One scholar says that Simon Peter is overwhelmed by the recognition that he's an ordinary, fallible person while Jesus is someone unique and extraordinary. The presence of Jesus is powerful, powerful enough to draw ordinary people to himself. So much so that Simon Peter leaves everything to follow Jesus. And not just Simon, but his fishermen partners, James and John. If Jesus knew how to catch fish without a moment of training, then Jesus could definitely do the same with people. Now, if you translate this part from the Greek, it literally says this, you will be catching or taking human beings alive. As you know, when you catch fish with nets, the moment they're pulled out of the water, it brings harm to the fish. They can't breathe. However, the word that Luke uses, catching or taking live, is meant for saving the lives of people from danger, not bringing harm to them. Now, this is super nerdy. Translating from the ancient Greek really helps us understand this text. Plus, it's pretty clever wordplay. In the English language, Jesus tells them that they'll be Fishers of men. Get the wordplay. We also know from the ancient translation, it's not just implying men, but implies both men and women. But fisher people just doesn't have the same ring to it, and neither does you will be catching human beings alive. But it means that they'll be helping people and keeping them from harm, which is way more exciting than any other job they've had in their lives. Simon Peter, professional fisherman, is schooled by a rabbi who caught more fish than he ever did. Simon knew at that moment that he wasn't worthy to be associated with Jesus. So Simon told Jesus, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And this is the turning point. This is when Jesus sees Simon on his knees, and Jesus knew right then that he had someone he could teach. Jesus knew he had someone who would follow. Now, the Gospels are full of stories of how much these apostles mess up, how little faith they have, and even in the end, they abandon Jesus. And we see it right now when they're exhausted and frustrated when Jesus tells Simon to throw over his net, he obeys. So 
Simon Peter, puts his trust in Jesus. And then after the big haul of fish, Simon Peter gets on his knees, recognizing his shortcomings. Jesus knew these men would follow him no matter what. And despite their shortcomings, they would obey, they would follow, whether they understood what was happening or not. Now, I have to let you in on a little secret. When I first arrived here as your pastor, I was excited, but I was also a bit overwhelmed. I had just turned 36 years old. I was about to lead my first session meeting here in the library of our church. I didn't really know anyone around the table except by their professions. I'd read the 189-year history of the church and realized I was the youngest pastor called to this church. Wondered how long it would take you to figure out that I faked you all out. Uh, that I'd only just served a little church here in, in Tennessee and I didn't really know what I was doing. I assumed it wouldn't be long until the elders figured out I was just a hack. I had, I had a good interview, preached a good sermon. But eventually you discover the truth. You make, you made a, a big mistake. However, in a short time, I was welcome. You accepted me just the way I was as your pastor, as a colleague in ministry. Now, every once in a while, I still feel like I'm out of my league. I don't always know what to do. I don't know what to say. When someone loses a child, what do you say? Someone was his spouse. What do you do? Now, sometimes this actually works to my benefit. I've learned that not knowing, not knowing, can be very helpful, right? Like, I don't know anything about managing farm property, but there's some people around here who do which is wonderful. I don't know anything about managing investments or endowment funds, which is perfect because there's folks here who do it for a living. Since I have ADD, I don't love detail-oriented tasks. I easily get distracted, but there's people around here who love doing these things. You know who you are. It kills me to do those things. Now, that doesn't mean I can't stretch and learn some new things and do those things. But it also means that I'll continue to make mistakes along the way. Now, I bet I'm not the only one here who feels overwhelmed, who wonders if they're up to the task. Not only in life, but especially in your faith life. The truth is, there were any of the disciples. They had no clue what they were doing. They'd get it wrong again and again and again, but they did get this right. They obeyed Jesus, and they got down on their knees. The truth is, sometimes it, take, it takes us getting down to the ground on our knees to recognize that we're not really in control. Life isn't easy, and there's lots of things that are out of our control. Sometimes the most thing we can do 
on our knees. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, only who, he who believes is obedient, and he who is obedient believes. The first step of obedience makes Peter leave his nets and later get out of the ship. It calls upon the young man to leave his riches. Only this new existence created through obedience can make faith possible. I, I want to repeat that last part. Only this new existence created through obedience can make faith possible. I bet there's a little Simon Peter in all of us. You've learned that you don't have all the answers. Maybe you'll know you'll mess up again and again and again. You know things won't always be perfect. We know that we're not in control. And the only way we can let Christ lead us is to obey and to be on our knees. Things are hard. Right now, they are really hard. We, like Simon Peter, have been through an eventless long night. And nothing to show for it. But Jesus is right here next to us in the boat asking us to obey. To put out our nets into the deep, to catch human beings alive, to be fishers of men. Helping saving the lives of people who are out there lost and tired, lonely, hurt, That's where I want to be. Even when I don't think I'm up to the task, obedient and on my knees, this is the kind of faith we all need. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Pres Jacks community group which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 
9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjacks.org slash donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute to your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at firstpresjax.org. 